Matthew Lillard stars as a college baseball prodigy who moves from California to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where he befriends a gardener with head trauma, who also happens to be a mildly talented pitcher on his team. The two of them bang local townies, eat ice cream, help Wilmer Valderrama bang Beverly D'Angelo with fruit, and learn to love their friend with a deplorable sex fetish who is not Wilder Valderrama's character. Also, Jessica Biel wants to be an architect, I guess. Guys, let's talk about the 2001 Matthew Lillard minor classic Summer Catch, because David Emmons asked us to on our website. I'm about to pitch the biggest game in my life. Look what I have created! I have... Stop, hold on, I'm getting into Hola, fear. boys and girls. Without pain and deprivation, one can never experience true pleasure. But for the first time in my life, I'm 18 I and I can say, fuck you! Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Oh, we don't go near any place with spooky, haunted, forbidden, or creepy in the name. Well, hydrocoronic? Right, or hydroclonic, but that's for a whole different reason, man. Lick a license. Hey, lick her license. Better live her alone. <laughs> Never alone! Whatever happened between you and Cockeyed Katie, anyway? I like any movie that has more than three farts in it. Oh, hey, dog. God, it must be nice having it. A hockey scholarship? As long as there's a naked chick somewhere in the room, you are not gay. Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. All right, welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. This uh, this is going to kick off a special month for us. Kyle, Very do you want to uh, explain a little bit about the month? I'd love to. Um, you know, we were thinking back on Blue September, we were thinking back on Spooktober, and we were thinking, man, we should do another themed month of podcast. What better actor to celebrate than Matthew Lillard? There's uh, none. Absolutely. There's none. Looking back at the numbers, uh, all those Blue September episodes and the Spooktober episodes, those got the highest numbers. Everybody was listening to those episodes. So it's not just to celebrate Matthew Lillard, it's also uh, to get people to listen to us, which I, I think is the more admirable uh, goal of the whole absolutely and uh that's why we are proud to introduce matthew lillard month where for the entire month of may we will be doing exclusively matthew lillard movies between 1999 and 2004 you just answered the question that i had which was what month does matthew lillard uh take place in so thank you for clarifying i appreciate that yeah no of course i know it's confusing a lot of people thought we were going to june into lillard but we're not we're gonna get there early we're gonna matthew lillard it and uh, we're gonna be doing summer catch we're also gonna be doing the rom-com classic she's all that we will be doing the seth green dak shepherd matthew lillard classic without a paddle and finally we will be doing as brandon requested uh in a surprise move 13 ghosts a you know i need my starring, ghost movies <laughs> a horror film starring tony shalhoub so that we <laughs> want the monk gotta have that monk oh. <laughs> 
Uh, so it's I forgot, exciting. Yeah, I forgot. I think about the ghosts when I think about that movie, and I think a little bit of Matthew Lillard. I forget about Tony Shalhoub. Uh, yeah, no, and Shannon Elizabeth are in it as well. Woo! Yes. Oh, both of them. Yeah, both of them. Can't go Ooh. wrong there either. Now, that's, there's a lot of pressure for me on that movie because I already love Wings. Mm-hmm. I already love Monk. And I already love Pain and Gain. So if there's a fourth Tony Shalhoub vehicle that I love, I'm officially a Shalhoubiac. You are a Shalhoub head. Yeah, I'm a total Shalhoub head. All right, my first guest won an Emmy Award for playing everyone's favorite obsessive compulsive detective on the television show Monk, which begins its new season tomorrow night at 10 on USA. Please welcome Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> well, Matthew Lillard is the month to do it in. That's, that's the month to figure out, am I Shalhoub head or not? But today we're talking about Summer Catch to kick off Matthew Lillard Month. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just rolls right off the tongue. And uh, fair warning here, this movie's garbage. <laughs> Save it. Hold on. We didn't get to first impressions yet. Aaron, first impressions. This is insanely bad, and I hate this movie. You know, I, I kind of suggested this movie, even though I didn't really watch it in a long time. I remember watching it with super fan Matt Bailey about 10 years ago and it did i did enjoy a lot of the the same cast of characters that has had a lot of guys that we've done movies for in the past yeah this is our this is our third john c mcginley movie how crazy Mm -hmm. is that third mcginley second dennehy second second beal yeah second uh freddie prince jr yeah so yeah it's a two 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 three club we're basically just pulling a a roster of a-list stars and saying, how many of these movies can we knock out? Uh, Kyle, first impression. Uh, I told Aaron when we picked this movie, I said that I remember <laughs> seeing this movie in theaters. I was 13 years old. I loved baseball. And I remember thinking when it was over, man, that movie was boring. As a 13-year-old, I found this <laughs> like film baseball. to be incredibly dull. <laughs> and uh, watching it yesterday with Aaron, I felt very vindicated in that <laughs> assertion. Okay. We should play the song um, right now. I- Yeah, yeah it'll will. be in there. It'll be in there. <laughs> because this movie is it I think it's one of the worst scripts of all time. Literally no person or storyline is developed. The love angle's horrible, the tormented talent angle's horrible, the locker room friction slash Dennehy as a coach is totally unrewarding. The weird sex fetish tangents for some reason that yeah, are so oh, prevalent it's, in this. It's film. all over the place. The tone is so weird. <laughs> um it's entirely void of humor, insight, depth. And that being said, I loved it, and I would watch it again. Yeah, no, it's uh, it starts. You feel like if they had done the just the Prince Bio relationship, which was weird because they're both bad in this movie, but if they had done that tied with the baseball stuff, but instead they launch into like everyone's right. sexual I, proclivities. I totally and thought stuff. it was going to be like he starts out as a good pitcher, starts having sex with her, he gets bad, so he has to choose between the two. That would have been a much better film. That would have been Bull Durham. Right, right, (laughs) Right. yeah. So this is the first time I'd ever seen this movie. It was like American Pie meets Bull Durham meets, like, uh, Varsity Blues. Your attitude's wrong. Your tone of voice is wrong. How dare you insult Varsity Blues like that? But you know what I mean. It's got the, it's got the, the, like, I was so confused by so many things, even as, like, a sports enthusiast. Sure. Uh, I was just like, why are they making a movie about like audience? <laughs> like the people that watch these games have to bring their own lawn chairs. It's so depressing. Okay, yeah. This um, so this league is a real league. Um, I feel sorry for that league. 
Like, for instance, the Portland Pickles are my favorite college wood bat summer league team, and they play in the other league out in, Cal- in uh, had, Oregon. They're in Portland, Oregon. That had Oregon. way too many descriptors on it. They're your favorite summer <laughs> college wood bat minor league team? Yes. Okay, that's four different descriptors. No, it's uh, if you do well in this league, then you get a chance at the minor yes, league. Yes, right. So, right. very low stakes. I mean, obviously, yeah. I know that as a sports enthusiast. But this movie just didn't <laughs> convey it well enough, I think is what it was. Yeah. It's, it sucks when you get such a charismatic cast and nobody's good at acting in, in any of the roles. They're all terrible. I disagree. Uh, I think uh, Zara something. The little girl? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she Zena, killed it. Zena Gray. Zena Gray as, <laughs> yeah. as Katy Parrish. She was the standout. Wow, it's so close to Katy Perry. I <laughs> connect those dots. It's Katy Perry-ish. Yes. Yes, it is Katy Perry-ish. <laughs> So yeah, let's jump into Ryan P's plot rundown. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Pollard, take it away. Uh, the movie begins with chapter one. L is for the way that you leave. All right. So we uh, we meet our hero, our, our Freddie, our prince. We meet our prince. Freddie yes. Prince. And uh, he's he's mowing the grass and he has a little soliloquy about baseball. And uh, his name's Ryan Dunn, which we can't not talk about. Yeah. No. <laughs> The elephant in the, in the jackass room. See, this is why I need to watch these movies with you guys is because I didn't catch that. I didn't think there was any significance to it when I watched it. But now, thinking back, poor Ryan Dunn. So he's uh, he's on this, this Chatamaze team, which is a real team in this league. Um, he decides he's going to sleep on the bullpen mound his first night as to not be late the next day or something like that. He went to bed surprisingly early. It was bizarre how early, like, <laughs> New England. So it's like, you know, it's like 8 o'clock yeah. maybe, yeah. 7.45. Yeah. And he's just, like, calling it a night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so irresponsible, like, that he knows himself well enough to know, like, you're going to fuck this up. Yeah. Just sleep there, and, like, you'll be good. And he still manages to fuck it up. Like, it's it's no wonder this kid isn't making the big leagues. Like, yeah, no. he's got no commitment. He's terrible. Yeah, and then... Brittany Murphy seduces him, which, you know, we can't blame him for that. No, she's so, she's, she's such a firecracker. Yeah, I, no, she is a firecracker. I had an issue with him not being woken up by one, the, the bright daylight sun that was shining on him. Mm-hmm. And then the water that's spraying him in the face. He no. had one beer and he had a wild night of sex, which maybe that just drained his beanbag and he has no more energy. <laughs> But uh, he gets into the locker room and we see Bobby Knight again, which is yeah, nice. That, yeah. I was, Second Bobby I was Knight absolutely movie. appalled that this is six years after uh, Tommy Boy. Yeah. He looks like he's aged 25 years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it was a hard decade in the 90s for uh, Brian Denny. To his credit, he did have a heart attack in between. Okay, that explains okay. a lot. So, That'll do it to you. He's a really, I mean, underwritten coach, obviously, but like, he's, I don't buy him as a baseball coach. Like, he has a stature. Clearly, he's. He's wide. <laughs> he's not like a hard-ass coach. He's very he's, supportive. He's pretty understanding, yeah. but he's also not like a challenging coach. Mm-mm. Like he never has that speech of like, you know, you gotta. This is your chance. And this like, is your yeah. opportunity. Nothing like that. Yeah. He's, I feel like that's a that's a whole other reason why it's like these stakes feel incredibly low. Like even the coach doesn't care. This is like his second job probably. Um. So we get the first practice. We meet Matthew Lillard. He's a. Uh, Billy Brewbreaker, right? Say that three times fast. Are we just going to skip over the uh, the strange, how they kept cutting back to the Wilmer Valderrama sex stuff? All you need to know about Wilder Valderrama is like, Stifler's mom got it hots for him. Also, I forgot to mention, but when they introduced Brian Dennehy in the locker room, 
I thought it was really funny that they put a box of Dunkin' Donuts behind him. <laughs> like, like, yeah. yeah, this was, he's big. He likes donuts. Like, it was totally unnecessary and not a baseball thing at all. That's not something baseball coaches or players the, do. You can tell that the director was, had studied a lot of uh, Stanley Kubrick. We see Ryan Dunn mowing this immaculate lawn that belongs to Jessica Beale and her family. Yep. And he's smitten. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which no. I can't blame him. Those Beal bags. It's a good introduction to her character. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. It's one of my, the best scenes I saw. <laughs> he goes to his dad and then his brother and is like, don't talk to the coach about me. That's really a weird storyline, too, that doesn't really nope. pan out. Nope. It's literally nope. just his mom is dead. That's all you need to know. Move on. <laughs> Yeah, like it's uh, it's no, not much. It's not there. developed. <laughs> it's not like it doesn't motivate anything. Yeah, and then they have the conversation with the dad later, where it's every time like it was gonna rain, like your mom had like the she rain. She made some dance. Native American joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I remember. Yeah. It's like cool. <laughs> like, you've developed that the mom's dead, and she had this one weird thing about rain yep. dances. Yeah. Oh, I'd like God. to think with that when I die someday, Kyle be like, Aaron always used to whenever I'd spit, he'd pretend I spit right in his face, and he'd make a whole gesture. <laughs> And then someone else would be like, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that'll be yeah. the end of talking about me. Yeah, yeah you, you do do that. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, did you know, did you recognize the dad? Who yeah, he Fred was? Willard. No, oh, Fred, Fred Ward. Ward. Who's Fred, Fred Willard? Willard. What are you... Ouch. Gums. Am I seeing right? Where's she putting her hands now? Uh, she's just checking out the dog's... Uh testicular area oh. to make sure <laughs> to make sure that uh, that everything is intact hate to go out on a date with judge uh, Edie franklin have her judge me that'd be no fun you're thinking of american <laughs> pie again oh. yeah fred willard is from best Damn in it. show he's yes, hilarious exactly fred ward from tremors from tremors exactly i just watched tremors last week and i was like man that guy looks so familiar which performance i'm just curious which which performance do you prefer for fred ward which performance prefer do i what fred Oh, that's hard to say. Which performance do you prefer for Fred Ward? Uh, Tremors, hands down. Yeah, okay, that's the right answer. Move on. So at the bar, they meet uh, Tenley Parish. They do meet. Oh God, I knew. Oh, I knew that like this was not going to be my movie when they revealed her name was Tenley Parish. Allow me to introduce you to a good friend of mine. This is Ryan Dune. Done. Done. Hi. And this is her friend Tenley Parish. Yeah. What the fuck are they thinking? Why? Like, I know that they're trying to get across like she comes from a very wealthy family where they have weird names like that. But like, talk about right off the bat, unrelatable. As soon as they announced her name, I just broke out in laughter. Like, I couldn't contain <laughs> myself because it was so fucking insane that they went with yeah. Tenley Perry. Yeah, right. you always have like little nicknames for people. Like, you know, like for Devin, it's like Dev. What would you call Tenley? Ten Ten. Lily. Lily so You went the other way there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the two options, that's it. Yeah, so then they have their uh, their first game. Yeah, well, I wanted to make note that we do meet uh, another underdeveloped plotline at the bar. I can't remember his name, but the dude that we were, the antagonist of sorts. Van Wilder. Yep, Eric. Eric Van Lemer. Yeah. Van yeah, Lemer, Van the Lemer. bleached hair. And he starts in their first game. He's the starting pitcher for their, their opening day game. Yeah, he's a hot shot who made a terrible business decision when yeah. he turned down a $2 million contract <laughs> yeah. in exchange to play in the summer league and hopefully get a $2.5 million contract. Right. Really? You're going to go to this summer league instead of playing for the Dodgers so then get for half a off million? The team and then be like, now this guy's got character issues. <laughs> like, yeah. That's so insane. And ultimately, like a terrible idea for him since he gets kicked off the, the team anyways. Yeah, no, he, he definitely regrets the decision but you knew at the beginning the risk 
of yeah. playing in the summer league, not having your stuff and losing out on $2 million. It's not like they offered me 2 million. I'm trying to get 10 million. Right, He's like, right. I want two five. Oh, yeah. Like, right. What? Well, in baseball, baseball, every contract is fully guaranteed. So like, it's yeah. not like he maybe would get the 2 million. Like, no, he'd get $2 million guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Like stupid. Fucking idiot. Um, Oh my God. So during this game, Van Lemers pitching and he, he's doing really well. And then, uh, Danny, he calls over to Prince and he's like, Hey, how you feeling? And he's like, I feel great. I'm ready. And he's like, you're going to go ask for donations and then yeah. pass the hat. And Freddie Prince pouts about, is that how these games, is that how these like leagues work? Yeah. So that's their, well, that's their budget for the year. Yeah. The baseball stuff was rather authentic in this. It, it made me sad. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Definitely, well, if it was authentic, I am authentically sad. <laughs> the next day, he's supposed to meet. He meets uh, Tenley Parish for ice cream, <laughs> and that's that's that scene is hilarious. We watched it a couple times because it was, God, it was real funny. Yeah, we'll we'll put in the quote here because you just have to you have to understand that at this point in the movie. They have not mentioned architecture or her future. Or the investment firm in San Francisco. Or her brother, her, yeah. her uncle that yeah. she's going to go barely work for. Uncle Richard. She recognized him. Freddie Prince Jr. just like telepathically is like, you want to be an architect. And it's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about, Freddie Prince? Actually, my dad has a plan for me. Oh, what's the plan? He set me up with this job in San Francisco. My uncle is a partner in this investment firm. I don't know. That sounds good. No, it's a good job. It's just, just what my dad wants. So you want to be an architect? Maybe. I'd like to go back to school to find out. That that caught me so off guard at a movie that shouldn't have caught me off guard at any point. <laughs> yeah, Aaron was like, he was like freaking out. And I was like, are you freaking out? Because like they didn't talk about that, right? Like we went back and I was like, I didn't miss anything. Right. Like there wasn't an architecture conversation that we skipped. Like I wasn't paying attention on. And he was like, no, like that just came out of nowhere. And we rewatched it. And it was like, holy shit. Cut out one Valderrama laying in bed awkward part and put in like her saying, I'd love to be an architect my whole yeah, life. We haven't talked about the fact that this movie is egregiously long. It is. I yeah. paused it at the 50 minute mark. And the runtime was an hour and 43 minutes. And at that point, I realized we are not halfway at 50 minutes. <laughs> this Ugh. is fucking insane. And Aaron was like, I thought this was the final game. Like, yeah. It's I like, no, it we got ending. 48 minutes <laughs> yeah. left. Where are they going with this? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fine length for a good movie. It's a horrible length for an awful movie. Yeah, like this should have been this should have been a tight 85. And it would have been funnier if it was a tight well, 85. Well, you still could have cut off 15 minutes. Sure. You still would have been like, I wish that was 70. Yeah. You know, like I to wish be, this was a made for TV episode. to be over a hundred minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking insane. The ice cream scene is punctuated by Freddie Prince having ice cream all over his face. And then her and him looking at her like an idiot and she's like, you, you, have, you have ice cream. And then wiping his face, like not oh. erotically or essentially, but for a long time and slowly. So you want to be an architect? Maybe. I'd like to go back to school to find out. It's something that makes me feel special. It's personal. It's about seeing the beauty in things. This one professor of mine always used to say, the greatest tool for an architect is your eyes. You have beautiful eyes. <laughs> is that a line? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Did it work? Yeah. Kind of. 
have some ice cream. Right. It's incredibly <laughs> awkward. That was the scene where me and Aaron decided, is he just like an idiot? Like, what's wrong with him? Like, he like almost bites the ice cream. Like, if you we went back and watched yeah. it a few times, he's not licking it. It's his first just, time having ice he cream. He just shoves it into his mouth. Like, okay, something's wrong with him mentally. I don't know what, yeah. but like, he's not all there. Oh God, it was so uncomfortable. They're they're like. That's supposed to be like a cute scene, and instead it's sad and awkward. It's so sad and so <laughs> awkward. It's, uh, and it makes you question everything that's coming up later. Um, so then, yeah, you haven't seen anything yet, right. but like you're questioning yeah. what's going you're to like, happen. I'm already I calling don't like where question. this movie's going. Yeah. Also, like he's been mowing their lawn. He's been mowing her lawn, you could say, uh, for like the last like ten years or something. And, like, this is the first time they're ever, like, hanging out. This is the first time they're ever talking. Yeah, she should have recognized him. Six years. Yeah. Yeah, she barely recognizes him this time. Recognizing him is unbelievable that she wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. But the not talking to him, we can understand that at this point in her life, she had a boyfriend Chris. that she was very serious yeah. about. And her father cool is a class warfare kind of yeah. elitist that yeah. looks down on his family as trash yeah. and wouldn't let them even probably look at each other. Look, I've got this sweater around my shoulders. I'm better than you. <laughs> I do like Bruce Davison. I do like him in this Yeah, movie. no, he's, he's, he's like great. A, he's yeah. great. He's great. Uh, but also, she just she pursues him so hard initially. Uh, it's like the Sarah Jessica Parker and McSullivan <laughs> um, yeah. like sexual pursuit in Striking Distance. And in Matthew Lillard's words, let's face it, Freddie, you're no McSullivan. <laughs> May- Matthew Lillard month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's perfect. You can make a brand new intro and just have it all Matthew Lillard quotes. There's I a got time. I got time. That we use that we use we use four times and then we never use it ever again. Yeah, no, it'll be worth it. Um the next day they have another game and Ryan Dunn gets into the game to pitch and he gives up a grand slam. Mm-hmm. Is this the part where he argues with the uh is this the part where he argues with the umpire? Oh yeah, yes. where uh Lillard's been farting on the umpire. Yes. And uh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's hilarious. Like that. And everyone, the coach, Denny, he's like, that's funny. I mean, yeah. if it was anyone other than Matthew Lillard, not appropriate, but right. we all love Matthew Lillard. So. And Lillard's, Lillard's <laughs> struggling from the, from the, uh, from the plate. He, uh, has a hard time with the wood bats. Yeah. No, to the tune of he's batting zero yeah, for about 10 games. Yes. Right. right. <laughs> well, so. right around here, they start making fun of the, uh, the one endearing center fielder for liking larger gals yeah and that's a funny joke that pays off and keeps paying off the entire movie and it keeps getting funnier and it's never offensive no no absolutely not when you see when you see a bunch of college age men at a bar just doing fat jokes right it was great it was great it it took me right back to college privileged college athletes talking down to obese women look funny's funny okay yeah funny's funny i'm sick of the pc bullshit that we're living in where you can't say anything about anyone. They had great jokes about the fat women. Like the girl you slept with last night was so big. I thought it was twins. Just fucking riotous. (laughs) Well written. Yeah, that was classic. It's just, it's just, that's funny, baby. Right. Right. You don't need any curse words or any sexual humor. It's just clean, good fun. And the twins is a baseball team. So a little bit of, you know, 
a little bit of connection there. Ryan tells uh, Tenley about his, you know, his tough relationship with his father and uh, he's about he's worried about failing at baseball, which we don't get that either. It's more like he's this right, aloof. He just gets upset. Yeah, he's like this aloof guy that's like, are you OK? Like you're pitching like <laughs> it's, it's such a stupid movie. Yeah, it's so stupid. Are you a straight A student? Well, if you are, it probably means you are a super poindexter with no friends. Well, we can't help you with the poindexter part, but we are here to tell you about how you can fix your friends problem. We're talking about Chatham A's. Chatham A's is the only friendship and dating app specifically catered to straight A nerds like yourself. You're probably thinking, sounds stupendous and miraculous and astonishing. But you're also probably thinking, I struggle to initiate conversation. Well, don't you worry, because at Chatamaze, we have a plethora of conversation starters to initiate your dialogue with topics like, how do you think President Harding handled the Great Railroad Strike of 1922? Discuss the residual effects of the Whiskey Rebellion. What was the Dharma Initiative? Name all the prepositional phrases. Was 9-11 an inside job? And try to explain Absolute 311. We have you covered. So sign up or code your own algorithm or whatever the fuck that shit means. Chatamaze. Get to Chatterman. I don't know what's next. Ryan's uh, getting the uh, okay. the start on the big game. Is that what's next? Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, uh, Brian Dennehy commits a felony when he burns the $20 bill in the locker room. That's true. Yeah, right. He tells them they're all blowing their chance at money. <laughs> Lillard America. decides he's yeah. he says, no, 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 I'm done here. I can't hit. This isn't for me. He takes his surfboard. He's going to go home. Until he gets murfermized. I really appreciate you guys taking me to the bus station, make sure I get off okay. Don't worry, bro. I'll make sure you get off just right. You just put your butt in my face. Did you like it? I always like a butt in my face. All right. We get the, uh, the night swimming. Is that right here? I, I honestly jump to wherever sure. you wanted. The movie doesn't matter. Yeah, we get the. Uh, I'd be happy to talk about the Jessica Biel night swimming scene. The night swimming scene. That's uh, <laughs> that's my second favorite scene. Uh, he goes to the house and surprises her. Yeah, that house looks incredible. I would love to be quarantined there. I mean, it's a nice summer house. I don't know if it's a good regular house. <laughs> okay, but, fair enough. You know, for a month yeah. or two, right? Why not? Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Think about the cost of heating in the winter. Yeah. No. no yeah. No. Good. You make a good point. Yeah. Uh, Freddie Prince storms out, which Matt and I had joked about this part. He storms out and he says, "I'm about to pitch the biggest game of my life." And <laughs> I'd loved that quote for so long and thought it was so funny because again, he goes from zero and he does the Freddie Prince like speaking. What the fuck was I thinking? This is crazy. But the pitch the biggest game of my life. I know you are. Yeah. And uh, it was great. And he's he's storming off like a little kid who lost his toy. Yeah. Like he's like clenched fists at his like waist. Right. You know, right. just yeah. like stammering or stomping his feet. Like he's going through ice cream withdrawals because now, now yeah. all of a sudden he's discovered ice cream. No, I don't think he's all there. <laughs> no, but she's all that. <laughs> so we get we finally get another baseball scene. He pitches well, but he uh, he comes apart later on. Scouts there, John C. McGinley for the Phillies, and he like uh, he John C. McGinley has a hard on for Freddie Prince Jr. Jr. right off the bat, so to speak. Sorry for the pun. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, and it's another just terrible John C. McGinley performance. I'm not sure this guy's ever been a good actor outside of Scrubs and Point Break. 
Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. He probably he works out too much. There's the the press box burning down scene. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, cool guy Van Lemer and his little guy who is wearing leather pants that was the that was the thing that made my heart beat the quickest in this whole movie like let's get busy in this in the attic of the souvenir shop on the baseball diamond that i play on <sighs> that just doesn't seem sexually arousing look it's a i i'd be lying if i said i, I wasn't turned on there oh god it's so and uh i felt like destroying something beautiful oh <laughs> If the more we talk about it, it fr- the more it frustrates me. Come on, man. This is nice. The uh, they they get their picture in the paper for some reason, which is yeah, like <laughs> they're they're addressed by name and stuff, which is this is a tiny town. The reporter was on scene and was like, "Your name is Tenley Parish. That's going in the paper." Is that Tenley <laughs> Parish? Yeah, architecture to be Tenley Parish of the Boston parishes. And also, like earlier in the movie, the dad is in the kitchen, like days after the baseball game, where Freddie Prince gave up the grand slam, and it's like, like whatever the team name is, like lose big or whatever. Chatamays. Yeah, and it's yeah. like that's on like the front page of maybe the sports section, but I felt like it was the whole. It was paper. like a front page, yeah. <laughs> and then later in the very shortly after in the film when he throws the no hitter, he's like he leaves the game and he's like. This won't even make the paper. And it's yeah. like every, you are already on the front page of the yeah. paper for a fire, like a no hitter. Yeah, what for is this story? Scene? That would Why have been like, remember be? the guy that saved those people from the fire? <laughs> yeah. He also pitched a no hitter the next game. Like that's <laughs> yeah. incredible. Uh, like, what do you mean? This guy's a, this guy's awesome. None of this movie makes sense. No. no. Um. So they kick uh, Van Lemer and the, his little buddy off the team, and this is where Danny he rips into the the remaining players. For not knowing that they were going to go do that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so stupid. The Tenley Parish's father sees this in the newspaper, and he he's not okay with this relationship. He's already forbade it. Forbode it? She invites him to a party that her parents are throwing. He's not, he is not trying to make a good impression at all at that party. No, no, like, no. Like, he put, was, on, he put on an okay shirt, and as soon as like Jessica Biel gets involved in a conversation, he's just like, I'm going to the bar. See, he doesn't even introduce himself to anybody. It's literally uh. like the opening line of a con- of a conversation, and he cuts the lady that's speaking off yeah. and says, "Excuse me, I'm going to go to the bar." <laughs> you know, if this party gets too boring, and I can tell right now that it won't. The team's having this party over at the Oasis. Henley Parish, I haven't seen you in years. Look at you. Uh, excuse me. I'll meet you at the bar. Okay. Jesus Christ, Jesus, you fucking, towny, you are trash. Piece of shit, garbage <laughs> person. I respected, I respected his commitment to like, I'm not going to sit in this shit conversation. Like, I'm going to get out before that happens. Right. But also like, come on, man. You got to yeah. try in this situation. Right. Him just not even trying is hilarious. Like the decorum. Professor P's not here, but the, he the had lack a real of decorum this. in yeah. this yeah, scene yes. would have blown his gasket. Yeah, high society Pollard would have. <laughs> Cotillion Pollard would have had an issue with this. Yes, yeah. You lead with your left hand when you shake the hand. Yeah, no. And then when the father talks to him and says, you can't see my daughter or else I'm going to let all of my friends know that your dad won't be mowing our lawns anymore. Right. Yeah. He storms out of the party like a little kid again and shoulder checks a random stranger. No, the guy he shoulder checks is the husband of the guy that talked to Tenley. Right, he, right, like, right. interrupted them. Oh, okay. It was that husband who was like, yeah, the so he's, at least he's not a dick to everybody, just this specific couple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this couple, this guy's been like, 
hey, this guy was rude to my wife, and then he checked me on the way out of the party. Does like, I don't know this guy. Like, us? What's going on? Then I saw that he rescued people from a fire, and I'm confused. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> but then about I look this him guy. in the eyes, and there's nothing really there. Uh, what's going on here? His eyes are black, <laughs> lifeless eyes, like a doll's eyes. In between these parts, we have the brother, the bartender brother. I liked him, actually. some sort of speech. The speech about like how you have talent and you're wasting, you don't believe in yourself and all this yes. bullshit that we haven't seen at all. See, here's the thing: the is like no. he's the brother character is so underdeveloped, and all the things that he says are so vague that it was just like, I like this guy. He was the Chucky to to Will Hunting, you know? Yes, like, yes. He was just there, like you're better than me. You like you you got the talent, kid. Like yeah. <laughs> like do better. Right. <laughs> Freddie Prince talks about how his dad and his brother both seem to take some sort of joy in his failure at baseball. And it turns out that, no, there's like a tough love that they want him to want it more. But none of it makes sense. None of it is accurate, it felt like, watching. Yeah, yeah. they've never really talked about, like, what's wrong with his pitching because he's a terrible pitcher the whole movie. Yeah, he terrible. He literally gets demoted. Um, and then his brother's like, Look, like spot your fastball and use your curve and yeah. you'll be good. And he's like, but I like throwing fast. <laughs> it's just like, God, you're so stupid for Eddie Prince. He's like, Jr. wouldn't you rather be rich? Like, yeah. it's like I don't know. What's rich I mean? No, ball go hard. No, yeah, that's what he says. He's like, I want to intimidate him. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen yourself? You piece of shit garbage person. We also have the, uh, the still the, the Millhouse Balderrama storyline going on of... <laughs> Him laying on the bed nervous as Beverly D'Angelo talks dirty to him from the other room. Which, why was Beverly D'Angelo in this movie? Uh, I, I don't know any. <laughs> don't ask any questions about this movie. We have Lillard is still, it seems like he's been banging Brittany Murphy kind of consistently through the, the latter half of the movie. Good for him. Good for him. The other center fielder guy that, it's it's lightly implied also that the center fielder that's into the, the bigger gals is gay at some that's point because he mentions the big, guy's ass. Yeah, that's what I thought his big reveal was going to be at the end. Turns out not so much. Yeah, Kyle called during the movie that like there's going to be a redemption here, but it's not going to be that like, hey, let's stop making fun of girls and their weight. It's going to be, hey, this guy's it's okay that he likes big girls. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what we need to be accepting of. Yeah, it's not it's not you shouldn't make fun of women that are overweight. That's okay. No. Just don't make fun of this guy for liking women that are overweight. Right. Yeah. I'm okay with who I am and who I am is a guy that likes bigger women. Yeah. But still shame them for their weight. That's okay. No, you should. You should. It's a weird fetish thing. No normal person would like an overweight woman, but just don't make fun of me. He was he was persecuted as a straight white male. Yeah. He had it hard. Yeah. <laughs> And the other storyline going on right now is the the little girl doing the mascot thing, which is heavily addressed early in the movie and then not at all until the end. To be fair, her name's Zena Gray, and her uh, name is Zena Gray. Her name is <laughs> <Zena> Gray. <laughs> and uh, and she's fantastic, and she's Tenley Parrish's little sister. She's not just yeah. a little girl. Katie Parrish. She's Katie Parrish. She's <laughs> <is> Katie Parrish. <laughs> And you're going to hear her roar. Yeah. <laughs> Insert yeah. Katy Perry song. So Dennehy has one speech to Freddie Prince about how I used to play baseball. And it goes nowhere. It's and a it lackluster speech. It's very lackluster. Like, I don't know. You know, I was a pitcher at Florida State for three years. Had a cup of coffee with the twins. Yeah, half a cup. When you're a pitcher, you got to pray that your stuff will show up. 
Then one day you have this moment where it all just arrives. Everything clicks. Command, control, velocity. You feel invincible. You spend many nights out there looking for it. But once you've found it, just once, it's yours. You have it inside you, and you know you have it. It gives you the strength to go out there night after night and face those sons of bitches. Top 100 movie speeches, like, yeah. in, like in sports movies, like baseball only, maybe. Honorable Still mention, not in 100 it. of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Major League 3 probably has better speeches. The Rookie, I'm sure, with Dennis Quaid has a better speech. Oh, yeah, definitely. For Love of the Game, which we will get to. Yeah. In June C. Riley, which is what we will be doing in June. <laughs> yes. Oh God. No, um, it's 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 such a terrible speech because it's kind of like, well, you know, it's hard right now, but for me, just one day things just clicked and yeah, you'll be all right. So we get to the final game, the big, the big fucking whatever the fuck. And uh, Tenley's told Ryan that she's leaving for San Francisco. She's finally going to take that job with Uncle Richard at the investment firm. Not the investment firm. I'm That's fine. all the information we need. She's giving up on her dreams of becoming an architect. It's one, it's just one like upper class white dream for another. It's not like, do I take this nine to five job or like be a traveling, yeah. you know, uh, bard and minstrel? Yeah. Her father, you know, that he'd be turned off by her becoming an architect also isn't plausible. Right, and it's not like he wants her to be a stay-at-home uh, wife or anything. It's just like... Or a stay-at-home dad. Well, either way. People, people say that I might be cut out for that. <laughs> I'm just, Kyle says that he might be cut out for I'm that. I'm just... People are talking. <laughs> so this the big game now. He's starting, and he's pitching a no-hitter, and that's about all you need to know. It's not a well-done, captivating baseball game. Nope scene it's no no it's a good scene because they have all the voiceovers collected throughout the entire movie <laughs> that is so yeah all forgot, those lines that, was... that you like thought wow that's a stupid line they all come back <laughs> okay yeah. yeah when Colin and i watched it we when we heard all those lines from earlier in the movie which like oh that's right that happened a few minutes ago <laughs> um the reality what what's going on in that guy's head is like her, Her name's Tenley Parrish. She, she likes ice cream. cream. She, she wants to be an architect. She, she lives at 623. She likes night swimming. swimming. Yeah, there were there were 242 matches in the matchbox that one night. My, My brother, brother, I gotta, I gotta throw, throw fast, throw the, the fastball fast with Tenley Parrish. Like just yeah, no, it, it is his mind was empty. Those, <laughs> yeah. those were lifeless eyes, like yes, we said. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the and those quotes, like you were mentioning, Brandon, I had the same thought. I was like. God, these are not memorable quotes. Like this is this movie doesn't understand that this script is not strong enough for a moment like this. No. Like they yeah. did not develop those lines to be memorable or callbacks or impactful. No. They're just lines, like one sentence from each character, like the Home Alone thing. Yeah, these aren't even like the speeches aren't at all powerful. They're just facts. No. They're no. like you need to throw your curveball more. That's just a fact. It's not a motivational thing. Dumb. Yeah, don't run so fast in the rain. Oh, good. I'll have to remember that. All right, which pitch am I throwing? She's leaving for the airport, and he's two outs away from finishing this no-hitter. And that's when he has the bullshit. Like, he calls in Rodriguez or someone from the from the bench to come pitch, and he's like, I gotta, I love her. I mean, he pulled himself from a no-hitter yeah. with two outs left. Like, completely validating everything that everyone said about he not doesn't like baseball and he's not into this. Yeah. And like, it's very well, validating. Uh, but yeah. instead, he runs off. He has his friends start the car. Pothead Pete starts Pothead the car. Pothead Pete, yep. who, that guy's a piece of shit. Uh, and then they go to the, the private airfield where Jessica Biel's leaving. I was going to say, she's leaving on a private jet from 
Cape Cod to San Francisco. I don't think that exists. I should say we get to see Hank Aaron during this final scene, who I'm named after. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he has one line, and he delivers it poorly. Yeah. He's not well, a great actor, that Hank Aaron. Hell of a hitter, though. <laughs> Um, and then we end it, right? John C. Riley's at the airfield. <laughs> Tenley agrees. She loves him. It's all happy. And then McGinley says, here's a hat, kid, and here's a contract for 50000 And then, yay, he signed it. Flash forward to like whenever he gets called to the majors and he gets a home run hit off by Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, I, I know a little bit about sports. But Ken Griffey Jr. was huge in like 95, 96. 97 yes. 98 2001 was still the the ken griffey jr heyday yeah he had a resurgence with the reds for like two to three seasons he was really good and then he went to the reds in like 2001 or 2000 i think and mm-hmm. then he got injured and he kind of dealt with injuries if he had he, stayed healthy he would have had like the best numbers ever brandon you understand baseball stats well enough to know that better than anybody in 2000 when he had 100 runs 40 homers 118 rbis and batted 271 that's a great season and that's when this movie was getting filmed yes well there we go and so. then and then his career really got derailed you might even say like yeah this was the the beginning of the end for him yeah he got summer him doing yeah. summer catch <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm um, just trying to think, like, why would you end the movie with him pitching a home run? Of- I think it's to hammer home what they've been hammering home the whole movie is, is that this not guy's a good not pitcher. a good pitcher. <laughs> right. Fun fact, Ken Griffey hits a home run in Little Big League yeah. against the Twins, and he hits a home run in this game, in this movie, off of this guy whose old coach played for the Twins and whose old center fielder had sex with two girls who looked like twins, but turned out to be one girl. <laughs> the end. So, you know, wouldn't it be just one more thing to add? Wouldn't it be great if, uh, like, 30 years before this movie, Freddie Prince and Ken Griffey seniors had done a movie together? And, like, this would be the movie where their sons get together and also do a movie? Oh. Wow. Whoa. 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 Do you know what other movie was filmed in Southport, North Carolina, Brandon? Uh, Little, the big, little, giant, the, a little movie? The end. (laughs) Hey, all you heathens. Boy, are we excited to offer you salvation today. For only a small tithing, you can release all of your demons and be one of the blessed instead of one of the damned. Introducing Ten Lee's Parish. The parish so nice, they named it Ten Lee's Parish and only allow the 10 most devout individuals named Lee to join. At Ten Lee's Parish, we offer you redemption in a made-up afterlife by making you feel bad about the things you're doing each week in exchange for cash. But only if your name is Lee and we are under the maximum allowable amount of 10 patrons. Ask yourself, again, only if your name is Lee. Did you say God damn it really loud when you stubbed your toe? Or maybe you whispered under your breath, Jesus Christ, when an annoying, worthless solicitor came to your door? Well, no matter what you said or did, God was listening and watching you, which I find interesting. And you need to repent with money now or else spend eternity in hell. If you're sick of going to the come one, come all churches filled with the Karens, Keiths, and Bethanies of the world, well, finally, there's an alternative. So come on down to Tenley's Parish, the only architecturally sound parish named Tenley's Parish, and give us your money. I mean, let us save you so you can bask in his everlastingly gentle embrace, and only we can give you absolution absolutely. Absolutely 11? 
Tenley's Parish. All right. We are officially rolling for the first category session of Matthew Lillard Month. It's exciting. It is exciting. May it bring you good luck. Yeah, let's in the categories. I always had a thing for you, categories. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's 13 ghosts in here. Yes. You guys classic, haven't seen it yet. Uh, classic nah, I'm excited, ghost though. quote. That's the one with Shalhoub, right? Yes. That's the Shalhoub ah. vehicle. And the Emmy goes to Tony Shalhoub. Fourth Emmy for Tony Shalhoub. All right. Why don't we just do the, you know how we do it. So start with the first one. Brandon, best scene you saw. The best scene I saw in the summer catch was the ending credits. <laughs> just because just because before I was like, this movie sucks. And then when the ending credits came on, when it was like the every every actor's face was projected onto like the big screen, yeah. really, really cemented it at like as like a oh, this is very dated. This is very typical of like a early two thousands movie. It's bizarre that they didn't just do like a real baseball scoreboard to do that. They use like a graphic of a scoreboard. Yeah. Like like I would do on a Instagram Anderson drilling thing, you know, like it was yeah. very that quality. Like, right. They could have uh, just tried a little bit more, but even the end credits were lackluster. And we didn't talk about the soundtrack because we were Kyle and I were talking about when we watched it and the soundtrack was like, it wasn't bad. It was bad. And that was unrecognizable. But so many of the songs were like, is this some 41? But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's so like early 2000s generic music rather than like here's some early 2000s hits it's just like this is just clearly dating this movie as an early 2000s movie yeah like if they were just semi-recognizable where it's like oh like you know alien ant farm or american right. hi-fi <laughs> or like i know this song what i wouldn't what i would have given to listen to alien ant farm in this movie <laughs> well, i was like they were like uh american pie had the budget for like yeah let's get a big soundtrack we're a franchise yeah. and we can do this yeah this they was had like 182 on that on that soundtrack yeah, it was great brandon brandon american pie 2 soundtrack is insane it's great i'm gonna look it up um so like find that and like dive in but uh it felt like that where it's like could we, yeah, we could pay for the Sum 41 song, or we could get a band who sounds kind of like Sum 41 and find one of their songs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we'll do that one. We'll do the cheaper route. I wow. uh, I completely agree. I thought the end credits, it was like, wow, that was a wow. shitty movie, and somehow the credits are making it worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, what a, what a feat. Well, and it also had, like, kind of bloopers, kind of deleted clips of like yeah will valderrama with the cucumber I'm like ha, this is funny yeah man uh, i forgot moments ago when the movie ended how fun that movie was yeah, yeah. wow this uh, is a great soundtrack you are right. Yeah, right two songs from alien ant farm three doors down two songs from american hi-fi two from wow. some 41 i think yep uh lit obviously yeah, lit. Oh, obviously, yeah, so obviously. Two songs, hit or <laughs> miss from Newfound Glory, which I will, I will ride for that song. Dang. All right, cool. I'm putting it on after this. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? I am feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me, but. 
but I have another clue. My how do you do that is how did Freddie Prinze behave that way at the party? Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that's a great question. It's, uh, it's disturbing. Like, whether, like, okay, he, it's established he's into her. You know, it's not well established, but it's established he's not just like a Matthew Lillard. That characteristic would be more apropos for Matthew Lillard being like, all right, I'll be at the bar and doing it in a fun way. Prince yeah. does it in a brooding, I'm aloof way mm-hmm. of like, I don't get that this is inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Lillard would come off charming somehow. Yeah. In like a, like make a, a lazy fun joke way. And like, I'm going to get beer. Who wants a beer? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Pull my finger. Oh, too late. You're in trouble. Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make apologies for Matthew Lillard, do, but we please. know it is his month. He's a hell of a guy. He's We're a doing a guy. whole month on him. Yeah, he would have turned that situation into a positive. And when he hip checked the guy on the way out, he was said, "Yeah, as he <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just knocked him off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and take the how do you do that over from you, Aaron, and just say how do you do that? How has Matthew Lillard not had an entire month of movies dedicated to him before? <laughs> That's that's what I want to know. How are we the first? Yeah, when the rewatchables does like Matthew Lillard August or something, we'll be like, "Fuck you guys, we did this earlier." It's coming. Uh, It's a great idea. Everyone knows it should have already. We've appreciated him silently. Now it's time to appreciate him for publicly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Lillard gives me a thrillard. Ooh, Kyle, how do you do it? Um, How did he do that? How did he do that? that? How did he do that? This film is one of the worst scripts I've ever come across. (laughs) And it's startling that with such a bad script, you could actually outshine it with atrocious acting. I want to know, how'd the director ever finish a scene and be like, we got it. That's the take. (laughs) We got Freddie Prinze Jr. and four-time Razzie nominee Jessica Biel trading lines with each other like they both have concussions. And it's fucking insane. Like, the futility of it being like, that was 40 takes. Like, fuck it, let's move on. I get. But also, Mm -hmm. like... You're a movie director. You can tell them like, "Hey, do less of this, do more of that." To be at the end of it, like, I'm happy with this. Yeah, that's yeah. That, this was his this was his directing happened. debut. The guy's was name it? is uh, Michael Tolan. This is like the Nickelodeon stuff, right? Was he like in all that and like the? Was he? I think no. I don't think he was in it. I think he like directed or like wrote a lot of Nickelodeon Michael... stuff. Michael. Oh, he did Good Burger. No, he produced yeah, it. He right. produced Good that's Burger. What it is. So I, I recently found out, and I told Kyle about this, but in... Uh, yeah, he did. He wrote for all that. Wow. Yeah. Directed Cousin Skeeter and <laughs> Hank Aaron Chasing the Dream. That's why he was a huge He's a huge baseball guy. What I know this guy best for is the movie he did after this, which was Radio. Yeah. Oh. You, have you guys ever seen that one? I have not. I have I not. think Freddie oh. Prince inspired him to do radio. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. The the synopsis of radio, the story of a high school coach and the develop. <laughs> Let me start over. The story <laughs> of a high school coach and the developmentally challenged man who he took under his wing. Very yeah. representative of the, the director and Freddie Prince Jr.'s role in this movie. Yeah. And Brandon, what's the IMDb score for radio? That would be... 6.9 out of 10. Interesting. If you multiply both those by 10, you get 69 <laughs> out of 100, which is 69%. <laughs> yes. Well, and I was going on the script thing. Um, I told Kyle recently that in uh, credits, when it says written by, if it's a person's name and an ampersand and another name, that means they wrote it together. 
if it's the person's name and the word and and then another name that means one person wrote it and then another person like contributed and punched it up later yeah 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 so this movie was written by two people separately that they arrived at this (laughs) like they had two professional people in the industry that put this shit together right that makes it more frustrating the first writer was like a writing team the first writer was like, I don't know how to make this Freddie Prince Jr. character more endearing. And then the other guy was like, I've got an idea that has to do with ice cream. Yeah. Let me take a stab at it. <laughs> no, yeah. The first draft wasn't good enough. They brought in the other guy and he made this better than it originally was. Right. And then they took it to a studio and the studio was like, here is money. Make this movie. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense because like clearly this Michael Tolan character loves baseball. Like he could write to that. And the other one yeah. was like, yeah, I'm horny, young, and like right. I can do like the punchy fat jokes. Yeah, and, like, right. That's the Wilder Valderrama cucumber shit. The original was shit. a very baseball heavy movie, and <laughs> yeah. this guy's like, no, more sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they just yeah, yeah, come yeah. To Make him say pussy once, <laughs> just once. It's PG thirteen. Uh, Is it? Yeah. Oh, he says fuck once. It's a hard PG thirteen. Hmm. That's what. Okay. That's the parameters. That is astounding can... to me. PG-13 for sexual content, language, and some drinking. That's why- There's like uh, some strong sexual content in this. Yeah, I mean, Jessica Biel doesn't show them, but she does. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. PG-13 style. They're out. Yeah. Yeah. They're out and about. Also, we get get a nice (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr. ass shot, which is fun. And that- that was so when Lillard has Brittany Murphy's thong on in that scene where it's like, is he naked behind that newspaper? No. And then it's his thong that's her thong, but it has a prodigious crotch bulge. And it's like, <laughs> why was she wearing that thong? What's her bush situation? I want to see it. Yeah, she's got a lot to pack in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Murphy's bad bite. <laughs> Murphy's bad bush. And speaking of that, <laughs> let's move on to That Had to Hurt. Hurt so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt so good. My That Had to Hurt. Being Brittany Murphy had to hurt. Yeah, yep, there you go. This, this is chick... just flowing right now. This is great. <laughs> this chick is so slutty and underdeveloped. She literally has no depth. The director just told her, try the scene again, but do it sexier and more desperate. <laughs> yeah, more like... cleavage. Come on, honey. Stick them out there for the world to see. <laughs> Maybe try putting the beer bottle between your legs and pouring it in the dude's mouth before you bone them, which she does twice in the movie. Yeah, and like, did that move? <laughs> that move absolutely did nothing to me. I was not like, I, I'd love to be in that position. Yeah, it's all messy. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross and not hot. It's not more sexy. for. It's more for the Mike Hillary's of the world that really just fantasize about the whole golden shower thing. Yeah, that's as that's close as well, they're gonna get in the PG thirteen movie. That's for sure. Uncle Mike loves. The well, golden I know. Yeah, I know. Talk. Kyle's very into like the leather daddy stuff, but also into the golden shower kind of genre world. And, you should uh, check out the crossover stuff. That's yeah, no. And he was, and he was turned off by this, so I knew it was a bad bite. <laughs> yeah, she's in. She's so she's in three scenes, I think, and in all of them, she's either fucking someone or talking about how they can fuck her. Yeah, like right. it's Jesus. it's so it's so bottom of the barrel. Like I feel bad for her, and not only that, but when she's not on the screen, these are some of the exchanges that they say. Didn't I get clams from Dee Dee Mulligan, who's the Brittany Murphy chick? Didn't I get clams from Dee Dee Mulligan? Pete, you got crabs from Dee Dee Mulligan. Crabs. Yep. <laughs> and then 
You got the Dee Dee Mulligan Midnight Special. <laughs> like, when oh, she's God. not there, all they talk about is how slutty she is. Yep. And, like, you know she's sleeping around to fill some void in her life. Oh, yeah. But, well, yeah, she's definitely trying to fill a void, yeah. Hell. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you don't hear, like, what that is. She's just, like, a filthy sex machine. And I, I, like, walked away from this movie being like, there's good smut, there's bad smut, and this was just super sad smut, which is yeah, the lazy worst. smut, which is even worse. <laughs> yeah. There's scenes of her crying, like, by herself <laughs> in, like, the rain or in her, like, shit apartment, and it's just, that's sad, and you know it existed, right. and you know no, that that character goes through that. She definitely comes home to a dad who's passed out drunk, and she thinks... Thank God that he's passed out so he doesn't hit me. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and what are the friends' names? It's Pete and what's Pete the other Augie. name? Augie. Yeah. At one point, Augie's at the bar, and it's like when he introduces her to Matthew Lillard, have you met my sister, whatever her name is? Like, yeah. Oh, like he's whoring out his sister. Her. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> T-balling her oh. to just get boinked. No, their whole plan is like, hey, let's get this guy to stick around here by like <laughs> passing off the town currency over to her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. It's so sad. It's played for laughs, and that's just... It ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. Like, uh-uh. fuck the writers for giving her this just terrible, terrible sad role. Brandon, I, I gotta do my Brandon hat to hurt. Yeah, yeah. So what's the... What's the hurt. What's the lusty house mom's name that's all about Wilder Valderrama? Beverly D'Angelo. Beverly D'Angelo. It had to hurt Beverly D'Angelo to take that cucumber and stick it all the way in her <laughs> mouth, I'm guessing? No, I don't think you're guessing I right. I think it was her mouth. I don't think you're guessing I think, right. yeah, that had to hurt if it's going in her ear. <laughs> so, it's a, yeah, that, the, man, that had to hurt. In your favorite scene, the credits, we see the cucumber. It's yeah. pretty big, so yeah. it probably went and in like, the mouth. Building off of that, it had to hurt Matthew Lillard to have eaten that cucumber salad the next day. <laughs> right, right. Knowing that it, she had regurgitated it. And then decided, let me feed this to another student. I don't think it was in her mouth. What if they reanimated it? I can't think of any any other place it would be. It was, they pickled it and moved it off to Portland, and it became the mascot for the Portland Pickles. Which is your favorite wooden bat college Eastern Conference (laughs) Southern Division baseball team. You're starting to get it, buddy. Yes. You understand almost minor league baseball. Yeah. Yeah. College baseball, but almost minor league baseball. I owe none of it to the movie Summer Catch. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice. Kyle, who organizes the reunion? I think Brian Dennehy organizes a reunion. I think after the movie, he gets married. It doesn't go so well. He has a heart attack on the dance floor that kills him. And, uh, you know, the players come together to mourn him. Yeah. No, in a very tough. sad but appropriate, uh, you know, wake. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll just step in on that. I also have that as my reunion. I think uh, <laughs> Dennehy, it's his funeral that organizes the reunion after he's married the the younger girl who was doing the mascot thing. Ooh, she's Jesus. become of age, ish. Thank God. You know, it's a it's a parental <laughs> consent thing, but like she's old enough. It's Cape Cod baby. Yeah, it's Cape Cod. right. <laughs> no fucking rules here. What happens? He on forces the cod? her to continue wearing the uh, the drunk pirate costume throughout the, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. entirety of their marriage 
Yeah, yeah and it's uh she's got a cucumber for a leg he has a do <laughs> he's kind of adopted freddie prince as his son and it's like i have this doofus son who's away i don't want to tell him about my nuptials until yeah. he arrives and then i'll die during the ceremony he's got mental deficiencies yeah yeah <laughs> he's, he's a little slow yeah, yeah, like it's nothing it. diagnosable but it's there <laughs> He bangs RT's sister or daughter <laughs> with the other guy. Uh, Brandon, who organizes the reunion? I have nobody organizes the reunion. The, <laughs> the characters in this movie don't want to get together ever again. And the actors certainly never want to be seen with each other again on screen. Fair enough. I well, Name I, another I, Jessica Biel, Freddie Prince Jr. movie. I wish I would have said that. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. does it. No. Everyone's ashamed of this project. As well they should. <laughs> it's like and one the of director the least... Michael Tolan. Michael Tolan tries to redeem himself with radio afterwards. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. go so well. And this like... guy clearly knows sports and head trauma. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta be the one yeah. to do radio. <laughs> now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're gonna turn our attentions to ex local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's main minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the five guys flicking around crew. How you doing, buddy? Michael? What's his, um, his name is... No, God damn, like, my brain, man, I'm telling you, dude, I am, like, oh, God. It's like a Monday, and my head's fucked. Been fucked for, like, three weeks, man. Oh. So you watched uh, Summer Catch last night, Mike? Uh, the only thing I'll give Summer Catch, the whole fat chick thing, which is somewhat ahead of its time in terms of flipping the gender narrative. Who's your favorite male actor, like, of all time? My favorite male actor? Um, it's Matthew Lillard, man. I seriously like a lot of his movies. He's a cool guy. What, wait, you, what do you like about him? He's funny. Yeah, I mean, I love Matthew Lillard, so I agree with a lot of what you just said. When he's in a movie, I get excited because I know it's going to be quality and he's going to give a great performance. Yeah, he's a funny guy, man. He's oh. quick, he's, you know? Or you're just some unapologetic fuckstick, man. Um, all right, well, I'm going to let you go. Let me introduce my sister. She'll suck your dick. Uh, let's move on to the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money and you don't even know it. Brandon, who wins your Clutch Award? I'm going with Brittany Murphy. Ooh. I mean, she she is. Hey, wait! Can I interrupt you and let you know it's the Clutch Award, not the Crotch Award? Yeah, uh, yeah you were thinking right. Crotch Award again. <laughs> no, but she is literally the trump card that this whole town knows to play whenever they want to keep somebody there. They're just like, here, have, you know, have some summer snatch, and you'll you'll stick around for the rest <laughs> of the season. It is just, yeah, and and the fact that she is willing to be used like that. I mean, it's it's so sad, but it does come in clutch for several characters that she is uh, so loose. She does bull Durham Matthew Lillard. She's what gets him out of the slump. He goes from yeah. batting zero, and then he bangs her. And by the end of the season, he's batting like 290, which means but, he was batting like 450 for the last half right. of the season. But like, it's not like he... Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't like... Uh his comeback to hitting isn't like now I've all got it. It's like, let me lay down this le like little weak bunt and like, that'll break, break my slump too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not like he's like, I fuck yeah, was... I got my power no. back. It's like, no, no, let me like really get into this and like, yeah, get on base. See how that it's, affects it's, me. It's what we call in, in the sports industry, a stallion single. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Not a show off. It's a hit the box no. score, and that's all we care about. Yeah. Well, the other thing is we don't know if it was just the one time banging her that he's like, all right, cool, get out of here, Brittany Murphy, now I'm good. Or if he continuously needs to re-up the banging in order to refuel his uh, his batting. Yeah, no, they never they never developed that enough. It's just like Freddie Prinz is like, hey, how you doing? When he stumbles into the kitchen naked and like pouring yeah. water all fucked up. And he's like, you met Dee Dee Mulligan, huh? Like, she keep banging like a, a week earlier. Yeah, no, the town bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's. But yeah, sad. so she wins the Clutch Award. <laughs> she wins the Clutch Award. Yeah, everyone can ride that bike for free. She's she's a town's public transportation, and that's Clutch. Also the Crutch Award, because everyone leans on her. Yeah, that's true. Also the Snatch Award. Oh, yuck, Brandon. Yuck. <laughs> well, you know. Kyle, what's your Clutch Award? My clutch award is Kevin Falls. Uh, he wrote the Summer Catch script, and he was wise enough to not write another movie script ever again. Instead, <laughs> well, we don't know that he didn't write anymore. No, we know that none got made. None got made. Yeah. True. <laughs> right, right, In, right. Instead, he transitioned to television, where he was so clutch as the creator and writer of the 2011 to 2014 TNT classic, Franklin and Bash. (laughs) This June, TNT makes the case for a different kind of drama with a new series, Franklin and Bash. You know the old saying, if the facts are against you, argue the law. And sheer audacity. The law is against you. Have a hot chick with enormous breasts take off her clothes and quit. What makes Franklin and Bash different than other law dramas is that it's a lot more comedy. Dude. Dude, I'm lawyering. It's TNT's new legal series. I think that opposing counsel needs to brush up on courtroom decorum. Objection, argumentative, and lame. Overruled. Mark Mark Paul Gossler and Brecken Meyer star as two hotshot lawyers in a funny legal show that's been described as Ally McBeal with balls. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And that's clutch, baby. Little uh, behind the curtain here. Every Halloween, Kyle and I are like, let's be Franklin and Bash. We can never agree on who's going to be who. It's a tale as old as time. It's like, as I'm, right, I'm a right. Bash guy. And he's like, no, I'm a Bash guy. And it's like, oh, fine, I'm Franklin. He's like, no, I'm Franklin. And yeah. we just keep you could going both back be, and forth. You could both be Bash and go as the Bash brothers. Ooh. Ooh. Well, there you go. Well, just well. solve that problem for you. <laughs> we will be live streaming our Halloween as both Franklin, of the Bash, the Bash brothers. brothers. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, let's move on to quotes. With the Chatham Fuzzy Dogs, go Fuzzy Dogs. I love the Fuzzy Dogs. Brandon, who wins your quotes award? The quotes award goes to, there's summer people. Yeah, summer people and some aren't. That's a good one. <laughs> like uh, the, uh, the other one where Matthew Lillard, our boy Matthew Lillard says, I'm pretty sure I poo-pooed in my panties. You know I love a good. You know I love it when anybody refers to it as poo-pooing. That's great. Um, when Van Lemer is breaking into the souvenir stand and he goes one, two, four. I don't understand why he didn't say one, two, three. No, again, it's it's the the classic. This script is garbage. Right, <laughs> like, right. That's not fun. That's not interesting. <laughs> it's just off-putting. It's not funny. There's, there's no reason for it to be there. And then that finally when uh, or Bruce Davidson says, like, why don't you want to go with him? And it's the worst, like worst delivery I've ever heard. She says, Ryan is going to do whatever it takes to make it in baseball. Ryan, go with him. Go with him. Man. 
to go with him. I'm going to San Francisco to work for Uncle Richard. He doesn't want me to go with him. <laughs> and that is my clutch award. It's radio-esque. Yeah. It is. It's the worst line. It's like basically like, I want to go with him, so go with him. He doesn't want me to go with him. It's like, what am I watching? What am I listening to? How come he don't want me, man? I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I Hey, could you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! How come he don't want me, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Might be my father, yeah. but you ain't never gonna be my dad. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. No, I'm yeah. crying already. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, Kyle, quotes. Uh, Miles thinks you have a nice pooper. Fun. Yeah, that's good. Uh, my favorite quote of the movie is Freddie Princess Jr. Uh, he has a mono, a semi monologue to Jessica Beale about, uh, you know, she's doing a job that she doesn't like and leaving for San Francisco and he's talking about how much he loves baseball and he says My father won't pay for graduate school in architecture. Well, so what? You can get loans. No, you, uh, you don't understand. Well, you understand what? Being broke? I understand. No. Wait, what? Doing something you love? I understand. I love standing on that mound with a baseball in my hand. Staring at a guy holding a club 60 feet away, knowing that he can't touch me. It was fucking hilarious because this guy's getting <laughs> lit up the whole fucking movie. Yeah, Grand man. slams, home runs. He's yeah. going five <laughs> innings and giving up five to six runs. Not and it's good. like, you aren't good at baseball. No. What the fuck are you talking about? No, like, no. everyone can touch you. You are so touchable. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was... It threw me off guard, his confidence, because the right, whole right. movie, he has none. And yet yeah. in this one scene, he's talking about how good he feels on the mound. And yet he gets demoted to the bullpen. Right. And there's so many baseball movies have explored the idea of like this phenomenon pitcher who just throws gas and he's like incredible. Yeah, they do, but they film it correctly where they, the glove pops and it's like, yeah, the catcher's like my hand. Yeah. The that. hand, like, like there's ooh. so many, there's so many cliched ways of yeah. making it seem like this guy throws fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. It's the equivalent of Giovanni Ribisi and just how everybody in boiler room <laughs> is like, he is the best stock salesman we've ever seen. And it's yes. like, there's nothing that I've seen that would lead me to believe that, but okay, I'll go with it. Rocco! He swindled one old man out of like a life with his family. I yeah. guess he's yeah. good. In the same way that Freddie Prince Jr. swindled an old man out of his daughter. <laughs> yeah, he swindled John C. McGinley because he was hot for him because he's yeah, gay that from too. Wild Hogs. Yeah. <laughs> the gay from Wild Hogs rubbed off on him. Let's move on to... We'll put in the song. We don't need to do it. It's a baseball movie, so it'd be funner if we don't sing it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, um, let's move on to what takes me out of the movie. Let's just let's just say it very matter of factly. All right. What takes me out of the movie? One, Matthew Lillard quitting. He seems like, even if he was struggling, he's like, I'm here for 
here for a good time, not a long time. And like, I'm yeah. just going to like bang around and get drunk here. And like, yeah, I don't see that guy quitting at all. Yeah, no. Um, and then Freddie Prince Jr. getting the contract at the end. He did nothing. He has character issues. He has baseball issues as a pitcher. Why is this guy getting a contract like sight unseen? How does this scout have the power to just like, here, we want you. He's a lowly, lowly uh, he's gardener, lawnmower. He's a gardener trash gardener. kid. God, it's, it's disgusting. <laughs> Uh, Dude, I don't know how I you got feel, a question. Brandon, but I got a question because I don't. I mean, I follow sports, but I don't follow like the below minors Cape Cod League of Baseball. Do scouts go out there with the radar guns like that? Yeah, yes, definitely. We should do trouble with the curve because Jessica Beale's not in that, or she is. I don't know. Uh, is that the I Clint think... Eastwood one? Justin Timberlake's in it. Is he? I don't know. I feel like you're confused. I don't know. Look it up. Trouble with the Curve, starring Clint Eastwood, there we Amy go. Adams, Matthew Lillard. Woo! No way! Uh, how baseball savvy uh, were you going into a movie like this? Uh, you know, I did a baseball movie several years ago called Summer Catch, um, and that <laughs> got me about as ready as I needed to. And for me, look, the movie's really about the relationship between you know me making Clint Eastwood angry the whole time. John Goodman, Scott Eastwood. Why did we not do this movie? Nathan oh, Scott. Scott Eastwood get that role. Justin Why did Timberlake? we not do this movie? Oh my god. We should do this one. <laughs> yeah, we can. Let's just we'll, sub it out. We'll yeah, vet we it first. It. We'll vet it. Honestly, looking at the poster, I have no interest. It's Clint Eastwood, just old, looking at a baseball. Oh, field. Clint Eastwood doing a movie about Clint Eastwood. I'm looking at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes page, and the picture at the top, the little banner, is Clint Eastwood sitting in a leather chair with a, a light on above him. Yeah, no, thank you. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of <laughs> baseball happening in this movie. Brandon, what takes you out of the movie? Um, what takes me out of the movie? What takes me out of the movie? Um, I mean. Take your pick, acting, directing, the writing. But I think the biggest thing for me was the fact that all these guys hanging out in a bar are telling fat chick jokes and laughing as if this is the first time they've ever heard them. Dude, they're good jokes, though. They are good jokes. <laughs> they're well-crafted. Okay, but no, no, I don't I don't disagree that they're good jokes, but it's just like, oh, like she was so fat when she wears high heels, she strikes oil. The first time I heard that was in third grade. I mean, it's obviously it's a funny joke, but I'm not going to laugh like it's a, like the first time I've ever heard it. Dude, you're putting on airs right now. Every time we get together in studio pre-quarantine, all we do is rip fat people and we laugh so hard. But those are original <laughs> fat people jokes is what I'm saying. Like these are all fat people jokes that I've heard before. Well, I'm just going to say it. The, the fact that like, this guy's a chubby chaser. We all know that's a metaphor for him being gay. I play center field. I look at infielders from behind. Pitchers, too. Ryan, Ryan has got a great ass. Van Lemer's got a big butt. Big can on that guy. Yeah. There's nothing sexual about what I'm saying, all right? Okay. Uh, but then he, him standing <laughs> up at the very end and just announcing it to the whole bar and him getting a standing ovation. Oh, God, it takes me out of the movie. Excuse me. Everybody's attention for one minute. Here's something I need to say to everybody. My name's Miles Dalrymple. And I am tired of living a lie. I need it to be known that I like a big girl. In fact, a large, softig, voluptuous, full-figured, big-boned, massive-assive honey. Oh, that is what really gets me going. 
I like fat women, and they like me. Anybody got a problem with that? Anybody? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was happy he got a standing ovation because a lot of fat chicks can't do that. And he was like the best character in the movie. He's like the best guy. Uh, yeah, they uh, have a classic, uh, another joke. What the one fat chick said to the other fat chick? What? Who cares are fat? Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Funny. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, and but that's see, original. Okay. No, that's yeah. funny and that's original, but they're pretending like these fat girl jokes that they're telling at the bar are original and it's the first time they've heard them and they're not and that is so upsetting to well me. that's the sign of good acting yeah no it is. all right okay <laughs> maybe let's get give credit where credit is due and stevenson with a rhythm early on and you know the rules hand down man down uh, let's move on to mcmulligans Hi, McMulligan. I wanted some Scott Conn in this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have just... Mm. This movie would have been incredible with Scott Conn. Okay. Yeah. He could have played the woman of Valderrama. Get rid of that I was whole gonna say, stupid arc. Yeah, I was going to say, does this movie work as a Scott Conn vehicle? Absolutely. Yeah. As Scott Conn being the the harder, more dangerous Matthew Lillard. To get, let Matthew Lillard be the funnier foil to it well i was gonna say let's just bump everyone up a notch let's make matthew lillard the freddie prince character mm. let's make scott con the matthew lillard character yeah you know that's what it is like that works that's where it's at and as a catcher yeah. being small yeah a little tiny catcher guy yeah. yeah i was gonna say like maybe scott con a little bit more of a, like a darker dramatic role he plays freddie prince jr's brother that works at the bar Ooh. but gets into way more Ooh, fights. i actually like that and he he uh, Steve zons him and also films a sex scene with Jessica Biel. I'm pulling over right now and I'll see your beautiful eyes in the PM. Yes, <laughs> they, yeah, they yeah. both do, but they don't air <laughs> either of them. Right, right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Also, Dax Shepard, he could have been in this. <laughs> yeah, and we will be doing without yeah. a paddle. Why stop for there? A... Michael Pena. Michael yeah. Pena yeah. could have been in this too. Yeah, Michael Pena instead of Valderrama would have been great. I love me some Pena. I do too. This was a weak. Can we all agree? This House is a of Pena. Weak, this is a weak uh, Valderrama performance. It's oh, awful. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah, he doesn't I've do shit. I've never liked him. Yeah. Also, I do want to insert. You should listen to Brandon's new podcast, House of Pena, where he breaks down Michael Pena movies in great detail. Um, he's doing an episode every day, every week, uh, five days a week. He takes off. Mondays and Thursdays. Don't ask him why. He gets uncomfortable when you do. But he's breaking these down. Their episodes are typically like three hours, and he's going through all the Michael Pena filmography. Yeah, it's it's completely raw, completely unedited. Uh, <laughs> let us in Atania with the house of Michael Pena. <laughs> <laughs> and and ironically, but... <laughs> he's starting with end of watch. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's an ironic beginning, and we like that. But just because we're on the topic, I have to tell a Wilder Valderrama story. I am here with my heart on my sleeve. <laughs> Hoping only for friendship and acceptance. Ran into Wilder Valderrama when I played in a band that was managed by Randy Jackson when we were at the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday party. Uh, and I also ran into MC Hammer in the bathroom. All of that sentence is true. It yeah. sounds made up. It was awful. To get the Dalai Lama, Wilder Valderrama, that rhymes. Yeah. And MC <laughs> Hammer in the same room. Crazy. Yeah, it's all like it's all like <laughs> B and C level people. But it's like, why would you make that up? 
Well, to be fair, religion has fallen by the wayside. The Dalai Lama can't pull and MC the Hammer A-list is celebrities. A religious guy. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. Okay, uh, MC Hammer's name, he was a bat boy for the A's, the Oakland A's in the 70s, and they all thought he looked like Hank Aaron, and Hank Aaron's nickname was Hammer and Hank. Mm. So he got the nickname Hammer from being a bat boy for the A's in Oakland, and he became no, MC Hammer. No, stop. Hammer time. Go. Seriously? They were the yes. Chatamays in this movie. So. Yeah, the Chatamays in this movie, oh. and Hank Aaron oh was in this movie. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I have no idea that MC Hammer was related to Summer Catch in, in a roundabout way. Kyle, Mac Mulligan. My Mac Mulligan, make Jessica Beale and Freddie Prince Jr. have a disability. Getting with some lawn-mowing, lower-class dumbass like Freddie Prince Jr. might have made sense. Instead, we see this supremely unlikable dude who can't even eat an ice cream cone without making a He's mess. He's never had it before, so Get don't the blame girl. him too much. It's so stupid. <laughs> yes. Just like... The other sister, it you know, yeah, right, <laughs> yep, radio. That is that is so insane because my McMulligan is literally the same thing. Where I just said like, stop tiptoeing around the issue in this movie and just make it clear that Freddie Prince Jr. has a disability. <laughs> just come out and say like, fully acknowledge this guy has a handicap. He has an intellectual disability, and all of a yeah. sudden. Everything that he says, everything that he does, it all makes sense. He works with his social skills coach and stuff, and it's yeah. like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Freddie. Hey, Freddie, come here, buddy. I know you're not playing today, but go pass out the hat. Do you have ice cream? <laughs> Let's move on to SOS. Sending out a Sending SOS. out an SOS. I'll send an SOS to the world. I'll send an SOS. Can I lead off on this one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Kyle, why don't you bat the <laughs> mother? Yeah. I'm gonna go first. Hey, hey, Brandon, why don't you bat lead off on this SOS? <laughs> I know what that means. Can I clean up? And you will be the guy in the middle. Yeah, Brandon. So Kyle just got me thinking of something, which is uh, the movie Lawnmower Man, which Ooh, is about. It. Oh, it's great. It's oh, it's terrible, but it's great. <laughs> it's like a Brandon Osorio classic. It's about uh, a mentally handicapped uh, adult that like mows lawns that this genius uses virtual reality to make him smarter. Perfect spinoff slash sequel to this movie. Freddie Prince Jr. drops out of the major leagues. He uh, goes back to mowing lawns. He mows the lawn for some scientist that lives on Cape Cod who eventually uses um, virtual reality to make him smarter, but then he becomes too smart and he gets into like cyberspace. It was made in the 90s, so they used words like cyberspace. It reminds me of Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. You know? Uh yeah, kind of. Deep Blue it's Blue really sea. bad. It's really terrible, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, let me read I mean, the like, uh, let me see if I can find a synopsis that's a while real you guys movie? are doing your thing. Yeah, The Lawnmower Man. That's <laughs> we got to do up. it. No, it's based on it's supposed to be based on a Stephen King story, but the Stephen King story has nothing to do with the actual movie. Wow. It's, You're talking okay. about thinner, right? Okay, so I in wish a, in a, I wish we were talking about thinner. In a strange turn of character, you've been talking about a Stephen King movie this whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hold on, hold on, listen, listen. A mentally handicapped gardener allows a scientist to experiment <laughs> on him. Oh, that's yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, that's, uh, that's that's the most succinct strange synopsis I've ever heard. <laughs> 
And uh, Pierce Brosnan, if you wanted to know, is the scientist. Yes. He had that one company, right, where he was feeling titties and <laughs> passing it off as a bra company, right? Yeah, that was totally Pierce Brosnan. That was not me at all. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a review here on Lawnmower Man that I'd like to share with you, Brandon, uh, from July 25th, 2018. It just says, gratuitously offensive, and I'd like to <laughs> oh, do and it that's for it. that reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Pass the litmus test. Let's do it. Oh, it's great. It's like Frankenstein meets the fly meets who gives a fuck. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm in. Like, but it's really fun. It's really fun to see, like, because it was made in 1992 before people knew what the internet was. So it's really fun to see, like, how they thought, like, oh, this internet thing and, like, virtual reality. It's like a, it's a Pandora's box that we're opening. Yeah, no, it sounds like something you'd like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay bit. tuned for Stephen King July. <laughs> Lawn November. <laughs> Been a long November. And there's reason to believe maybe this year will be... <laughs> No, I would love um, to do that. I would love to do a whole month of Stephen King movies, but I digress. That will not happen for a while. Hold it into long November. Yeah, maybe Spooktober okay. we do Stephen King exclusively for you. Yeah, we could do that. Thinner yeah. and Lawnmower Man. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. care what else is on there. Anything that wasn't in theaters <laughs> is fair game for Stephen King yeah. movies. Yeah, we could do the Outsider series on HBO. <laughs> yes. Um, my SOS, kind of a spinoff sequel. I think Danny, he, we mentioned his other job. I think he's like, hey, Jessica Beal, you're looking for something to do. I run this auto parts company in Sandusky, Ohio. I want you to be my new Michelle. Mm. You come work there. There was some freak accident where Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, not Freddie Prince Sr., we know how he died, but the dad <laughs> in the movie dies. Some freak lawnmower accident. Maybe it's tied to the lawnmower man. I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you go to Marquette, finish up your degree Ooh. there. You can come take over the company when I'm done. David Spade's in it. The end. I like it. There's no prehistoric forest, though. I need to make that clear. I'm out. I don't like it. I'm firmly going to abstain. You're never, you've never been firm. Again, I'd like to just say, for the last time, this will be my final podcast. Oh, God. The fact that you can't okay. appreciate a prehistoric forest. No, I can't. I can't. I'm Just sorry you're quitting. I'm going to miss you. I'm not sorry. It's okay. been a long time coming. Sure. I so. know. Goodbye, Kyle. Some more uh, lawnmower man trivia. The guy that <laughs> plays the the guy that plays the lawnmower man, Jeff Fahey, uh, has been in one, two, three, four, uh, four movies, four movies on Rotten Tomatoes with 0% rating. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. So anytime we do a movie that's 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's the Fahey Award. <laughs> yeah. The Jeff like Fahey. <laughs> Kyle, SOS. Uh, I have two SOSs. Interesting. First one, origin story for Jessica Biel to figure out what the fuck is going on with her whole <laughs> working for her uncle being an architect thing that makes no sense. I just want answers, and I feel like an origin story would give them to me. And also, a Beverly D'Angelo origin story, just to see all of the smut and cucumber play we were denied because this was a PG-13 movie. We but heard about the grapes. Again, heavily implied. Yeah, she grapes. likes... She likes produce. She does. Yeah. She likes produce, baby. Puts it all the way up her nose. 
It's yeah, hopefully a sensual it's scene of her at a farmer's market, just yeah. like ooh, cantaloupes. Yeah, like, ooh, yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> she goes to the baby carriage. She's like, "Look at these stallions." <laughs> uh. Hey, all you five GFA fanatical fans, not named Lee. We are firmly risen at the chance to offer you salvation today. For only a small tithing, you can capitalize all of your demons and be one of the blessed instead of one of the damned. When former actress turned activist turned savior Jessica Biel heard about an exclusive and very specific parish too good to be true, she thought this could be a way to save her wicked soul and everyone else's, which is why she started a family of followers. At Jessica's Believers, you won't have to worry about commingling with less than 11 family members, because at Jessica's Believers, the motto is, Eight is Enough was a great TV show, but a family of followers should have more than 11. Ah, I botched that. Because at Jessica Believers... At Jessica's Believers, you won't... <laughs> and at Jessica's Believers, all of our family members are intentionally not named Lee. So if you embrace learning other people's names, this organization might be for you. If your name is Lee, we're sorry, but you're not welcome. But if your name's not Lee, and an organization like this tickles your fancy, you should try to sign up now, because the government is looking pretty seriously at us. So stay away from Tenley Parish. We should also mention the Seventh Heathens Cult. Well, not a cult, but it's a family of followers. But it's a knockoff Jessica Beale cult started by Stephen Collins, patriarch from the TV show Seventh Heaven. I bet you're all thinking, like, that was America's dad. He's a cool guy. Like, look it up. He's not a good guy. So don't sign up with them. She no longer endorses them. <laughs> uh, let's move on to genre swap. All right. I'll tell you what you do. Pull the old switcheroo. My genre swap. I have two. One is like a Truman Show genre swap. And it's Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, not Freddie Prince Sr. We know he died. But the dad in the movie. <laughs> How did he die? You got to look it up. He's... He's no longer the man. I know. No I know he killed himself, but how'd he do it? Let's do a how'd he do that? <laughs> oh, God. How do you do what you do to me? I am feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me, but I haven't a clue. I think he shot himself in the head. Okay. My other genre swap is a, a jackass genre swap. Mm. I want Ryan Dunn saying, I'm Ryan Dunn, and this is Summer Catch. And then you hear the music come in, and then it's like, bow, bow, it's just bow, a jackass bow, episode. Bow, yeah. And it's him fitting a cucumber in his ass. <laughs> he's and- like, he's doing the no-hitter, and he's about to throw the last pitch. And, like, somebody comes out on a golf court cart and just, like, swings yeah. the bat into his <laughs> yeah. kneecap. <laughs> That it's uh, had to hurt. it's really funny, and then a few years later, you realize, man, that was sad, and all these people are sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brandon, SOS or genre swap <laughs> or genre swap. <laughs> um, mine, no surprise, it's gonna be a weird thriller. Uh, John C. McGinley is a serial killer who poses as a minor league baseball scout. For some reason, he needs the blood of young, promising summer league baseball players to power his Genesis device, which keeps his body young and taut forever. That sounds sexy and smutty, and let's fast track it. Yeah, yeah all of it's yes. uh, it's all sexy, it's all smutty, it's all weird. Look, it's if we ever have thriller. any time, if we have any time coming up where we don't have much to do, we can definitely start writing that. Um, if we're lucky enough to have such a circumstance, I don't know if yeah, you let said me, this. Is it a twelve-year-old boy? It's not a twelve-year-old boy, but they are young. And I I'm prefer going to a twelve-year-old boy. 
I'm going to see if Jeff Fahey is available to play the John C. McGinley character. Um, his email is just right on the Rotten Tomatoes page. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> yeah. email him right now. We can yeah, get... he, he posted it. He's like, please <laughs> contact me. Yeah. Please. Please. I want to act. I want to see your email. I want to see it. I want to see it. Bye. Kyle, genre swap. Uh, for my genre swap, I'd like to see a Hallmark logo in the bottom right corner. I think uh, the movie would be exactly the same, but it would temper expectations quite a bit. Yeah. And you might actually enjoy this film, despite they make it a, its flaws. They make it a weird oh. Christmas movie just to like get the Christmas like crowd in. Like, it's yeah. like, this isn't baseball season. Yeah, St. Nicholas That's weird, yeah. catch. Some, yeah, summer catch, and then it's just snowing the, the whole time for some reason. All right. Let's That's move it. on to Blu-ray price. Blue. How much would you pay for Summer Catch? Can we can we just call it the Blu-ray Prince for this week? Yeah, we can call it the Blu-ray Ooh. Prince Jr. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what's your Blu-ray Prince Jr.? I listened back to our uh, boiler. Excuse me. I listened back to our boiler room pod a little bit ago. Rocko! And I think I said that I would pay five to ten dollars for some for never seeing this movie ever again. I'm going to up that right now. I will pay $20 never to see Summer Catch ever again. Wow. It was the most bland, forgettable movie that I've ever seen, and it's a complete waste of time. Well, that being said, I'm going to go negative $45. (laughs) Nah, just kidding. (laughs) Kyle, Blu-ray Prince Jr. price. My (laughs) Mayfew Lillard Blu-ray Prince Jr. price is $3.99. Ah, uh, I'm, I'm watching it again at some yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, look, I love the radio Bull Durham crossover that they had going <laughs> on. And, uh, 13 year old me understood this is a shit movie. 31 year old me. Uh, Inverted. <laughs> no, 31 year old me is like, Kyle, yes, this is a shit movie and ages. I still like it. That's pretty cool. I know. It is pretty cool. cool. This this time in my life is my favorite, and I'm going to live forever. You are going to live forever. <laughs> Stay-at-home dad just doing it for the next couple hundred years. Stay-at-home crabs is what Ooh. Brittany Murphy had. I feel a little <laughs> I feel a little bad about my price now because I feel like I should be a little higher than Kyle, but I feel like we haven't had enough Absolute 311 in this episode, <laughs> so I'm going to go with $3.11 because I want to see it. Cheapskate. <laughs> Pollard. Let's wrap things up with Does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? I think this movie does work as a McSullivan vehicle. So McSullivan is pitching in the New Orleans Police Department Woodbat Baseball League after a final incident where he got into a shouting match with the lady umpire and sucker punches her in the breasts. Ooh. He is kicked off the team and put on administrative leave. He usually doesn't go above the belt. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Under the belt. <laughs> Luckily, a scout from the Portland Pickles was there and loved the raw arm talent McSullivan displayed, both in his pitching ability and in the infamous sucker punch. He signs Mac to play for the Pickles and tells him he has what it takes to make it to the big leagues, despite his advanced age. Mac agrees, but only if his catcher Pops can join him. The scout says, are you kidding? I could never leave Pops. He's coming too. 
Mac and Pops leave for Portland, where Mac's father, legendary New Orleans cop Sam Elliott McSullivan, has retired to start growing weed. Mac and his father clash about the lack of direction in his life and his inability to pitch under pressure. Hmm. Mac starts banging a chick he thinks looks a lot like Jessica Biel, even though she definitely doesn't. He makes fun of Pops for being into fat chicks, to which Pops responds, he's been faithful to Gloria for over 40 years. <laughs> Mac calls him a pussy. <laughs> Finally, at the big game, Mac is thrown a no-hitter until he sees his father show up. His dad heckles him and calls him a pussy from the stands, which causes McSullivan to snap. He throws the ball as hard as he can at his father. Because of his blind fury, he's wildly inaccurate and accidentally pegs the lady ump from the beginning of the movie right in the breasticles. <laughs> the end. Jesus, poor girl. Uh, Kyle, does this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? You're goddamn right it does. It's mid-July and it's hotter than a gator in a garter, as McSullivan likes to say for some reason. <laughs> Him and Pops have just taken the week off work to enjoy Nola's famous chili cook-off, where the city comes together in the unbearable humidity to enjoy <laughs> steaming hot cups of chili. <laughs> Mac and Pops have entered the contest for the last 25 years, and they've never even placed, as McSullivan starts each batch off by putting an obscene amount of cocaine and bourbon in the pot. <laughs> then Pops spends days adding the rest of the ingredients and trying to balance the flavors and remove the cocaine and bourbon flavor that is so present. Pops, <laughs> Pops really thinks this is his year, and they go down to submit their chili. Pops has an apron on that says, I'm with her, pointing to his left at Gloria. <laughs> Gloria has one that says, I'm with him, pointing to <laughs> Pops on her right. And McSullivan has one that says, Blow the chef with an arrow <laughs> pointing down to his crotch. <laughs> well, there, McSullivan realizes he hasn't completed all, oh. <laughs> all floor seasons, <laughs> which is similar to the color wheel Brandon did with Catherine O'Hara, but is much harder to attain. All floor seasons, you need to bang chicks with the name autumn, spring, winter, and summer in the same day. <laughs> McSullivan banged an autumn, spring, and Whitney, which he figures is close enough, <laughs> and he just needs to bang a summer to catch them all. <laughs> he spends the rest of the movie pulling out his gun on citizens and checking their IDs until a woman named Summer Salt, who is very limber and willing ah. to help Mac out. <laughs> they bang. And McSullivan is left feeling unfulfilled as he knows the Whitney one doesn't really count and the day is almost over. The movie ends with McSullivan meticulously making the perfect egg salad sandwich and tying a noose. <laughs> we watch Mac's legs kick back and forth, but he realizes this was a huge overreaction. Meanwhile, the tenant next door hears the commotion and breaks in. She hops on a chair cuts the rope, and they both fall to the floor. McSullivan, coming to with egg salad all over his mustache, looks up at the stranger from next door and says, You saved my life, and I don't even know your name. She looks at Mac and says, Winter, my name's Winter, but you can call me Winter because it's my legal birth name and, and it's what I've always <laughs> gone by. <laughs> Mac then says, Well, Winter, since you saved my life, there has to be some way I can repay you. And, I mean, you know what's going to happen next. They bang. They bang super hard. <laughs> and the rush 
From almost having died, followed by sex, is one McSullivan continues to chase the rest of his life. The movie ends with Pops and Gloria getting arrested for giving lethal amounts of drugs to minors, disguised as Chili, and Pops is disqualified from entering the contest moving forward. (laughs) On the beam when he hangs himself? It'd be funny if he carved above it, red was her bush. (laughs) Yes. Yes! And then he carves into the beam, red was her bush. The end. Because he truckily watched Shawshank like a night before. Like, ah, that's an easy way out. I guess you can just hang yourself. Andy do hanged. (laughs) That's an ad. Andy dong hangs. We put the ad in, but like you've already heard the three ads, so we're not going to do another one here. Yeah. And Brittany Murphy's summer catched herpes. Oh, yuck. That's what killed her. And the heart thing, whatever really happened. Honestly, we're going to have to cut a lot of this episode. I don't think so. You're right. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Nobody listens. You've, you pointed that out several times. Matthew Lillard month. Thanks for listening. Usually when you tell us you're quitting, you tell us how much nobody listens to this podcast as a reason for why you're quitting. It's true. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So uh, are you in or are you out, Kyle? I'm out. Okay. I well, am this out. Is... I will be out. Okay. I've always been out. This is Kyle's last episode. Kyle, do you have anything you want to say as your conclusion? No, not at all. Fine. That's a what a what a piss poor way to exit. Honestly, my legs asleep and it's really salt shakery. Okay. I think uh, that's a sign. Sure. Ugh, I will be back for Lawnmower Man. I do want to make that clear. That's one I want to do. Also, Toth. Um, it's our two One Tree Hillers podcast. Yeah. Episodes two and three can be watched right now on Blacked.com. <laughs> Um, that's gonna do it for this episode of 5 GFA. Black Attack is back. Yeah, Brandon, go to the website and let's see, uh, see if we can find it there. Also, disclaimer for all you Pornog fans we do have a porn parody coming out called Sonic the Vaghog. And uh, you can find that trailer on an Apple news link that Dan Miller has sent out. So text Dan if you want to find out more. I'm working on one also called Super Mario Smothers. So just really quick before we transition, uh, more Jeff Fahey research. He was born one of 13 children. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of people. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. The talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Alright, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. How come you never hear about Freddie Prince Sr. anymore? That's what I want to know. Like, I don't care about baseball.
I just want to date Jessica Biel. Billy Boobrick, Boobrick, Especially when you saw this stud muffin starting in front of you. Like, Did you say mud stuffins? Mud stuffins. <laughs> My fucking baseball career. Ah, yes. The classic Farmingham State incident. It's I'm like, proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud. You should be proud. Ken Griffey Jr. is just like, no, fuck that. Kyle kept calling him Pothead Pete because <laughs> he looks like a pothead. <laughs> give me a V8 and chowder. What an alpha. April shitters give you May fritters, bro. That's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make him say pussy once. Jesus Christ, you're the worst. One little bad sex burning, and he's, uh... Definitely not the last bad sex burning that he's gonna have. That's an STD joke. I like it. It's good. It's, uh, it's, uh, deep and thoughtful. It's you've, like Lawnmower Man, but different. He's... He's kind of peeing. Put it on. Yeah, I wouldn't watch that. There were protests. He looks like the bassist from Third Eye Blind in the original lineup. Tony something is his name. Tony that's Daytona? The, it's a guy that has like his long hair and glasses and a bow tie. And he's just like, this guy's like a video game character. I don't character. think you know anything about Third Eye Blind. <laughs> Being able to like flex his big gay muscles. <laughs> Little Giants did a better job than this movie does at anything. Yeah. yeah. No. Six degrees of Dolly Osorio. Menopause has happened. Listen to daddy. No, uh, Brandon, we've like delineated who's gonna be who in our celebrity movie yeah and joel for years has been daniel stern yep. so you nailed it brandon can you guess who you're being cast as yeah you're ray romano joseph gordon levitt's dad gets on the motorcycle and is like i'll be back when the angels win the pennant <laughs> that's interesting darren yeah. <laughs> just guy on the motorcycle no, it's just willing to leave like, and risk it all he trades in the pickup <laughs> truck for the motorcycle because he can get more mileage to the gallon but also like part of me's like he wanted the thrill of owning a motorcycle, and I get that. He I did. get the thrill of wanting to have a motorcycle. 